Welcome everyone to the Launchpad here in Puckburg, a podcast for the daring, do bad, and good puck tales on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Kyle Sullivan, aka Shaggy Von Doom, with another episode of Puck Tales. Woo! And the you know who on the other end of the woohoo is none other than Michael Mitchell. How is it going, my friend? It's going good, man. How are you? Uh, you know, living the dream, living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> It is an honor to have you on the show, Mike. Uh, we want to talk about your hockey origins and what the game of hockey has done for you. And uh, we'll talk about that entire journey. So let's just get down to it at the beginning, at the, in the beginning, um, <laughs> uh, what the game of hockey, what do you have a moment? Do you have a team? Do you have a player? Tell me about that moment that you first fell in love with the game of hockey. Okay, so I'm from a small town in West Virginia. I'm sure you've heard of the Wheeling Nailers. Yes. I'm from about 30 minutes south of Wheeling. It's a town no one's ever heard of, so I just always say I'm from Wheeling, but uh, close to where Brad Plazy's from, too. Hey! The country music singer. He, uh, anyway, so it's, you know, I heard of the Penguins, big Steelers fan, of course, uh, Pirates fan, and heard of the Penguins, but those were the dark years, and then 1984 comes along, and I hear about this dude named Mario coming mm. to the Pittsburgh Penguins and it caught my interest. And I started watching it a little bit on TV. Uh, my parents didn't have a whole lot of money, so we didn't go to a lot of games. Um, but, uh, and I was, my parents were divorced. So my mom was big into getting me into sports because, and this is her words, not mine. I didn't want your friends to think you were a mama's boy. <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, so I got into hockey too. And then I turned 17. I signed up for the Navy delayed entry program. My senior year, I turned 18 in boot camp. Now I lost touch with hockey, not because I didn't want to, but when you're a young dude in the Navy, you don't have much time for anything. Yeah. And so it's 1988, 89, the pens are getting good. I'm hearing things here and there. And then 91 comes along and the pens win their first Stanley cup. And I was underwater. Hey. I was underway on a nuclear-powered submarine, and I just had a long day. And I went to bed at about it, – it was about 2 in the morning our time. When you're out to sea on a submarine, you operate off a Greenwich Mean Time. Mm-hmm. So we we're like four or five hours ahead, depending when the time is and all that stuff. But uh, the XO, who also was from Pittsburgh – and for those out there don't know what XO is, it's uh, – It'd be Jonathan Frakus on Star Trek Next Generation, number one. He's the second in command. He comes on, says, this is XO. I just wanted to give everybody the heads up. The Pittsburgh Penguins just won their first Stanley Cup. Carry on. And that's how I found out the Pens win their first Stanley Cup. And I missed 92. I was out to sea. And plus, back then, you didn't have, like, center ice and all that kind of stuff. So it was, other than catching things up with the newspaper, it was hard to keep up. Yeah. And then in that time frame, I was stationed in Charleston, South Carolina. 
and they start building the Charleston, the North Charleston Coliseum, and they get the East Coast Hockey League, the South Carolina Stingrays. Yes. And I went to their first ever home game in existence. Wow. So that was pretty cool, and it's fun. I'm sitting in the stands, and I'm watching, and they say, the play is offsides, and some dude in front of me goes, offsides? This ain't football. What are they talking about? <laughs> True story. And I was like, well, dude, this is what happened. I said, see that blue line? And I explained offsides to him, and it just people around me started asking me questions, and that's – I am not the reason South Carolina's had good hockey, but, I mean – I was more than willing to help these folks that were brand new. I mean, hockey was not really thought of in Charleston, South Carolina in 1994. And so then I went to recruiting duty to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Oh, go ahead. You want to ask something? Was that also, was that the time frame that Jared Bednar was playing with the Stingrays? Ah, Man, I drank a lot back then. It's hard to remember. (laughs) Because I know, I know Bednar eventually ended up coaching the stingrays and now he's the head coach of the colorado avalanche yes but i it might have been um hey don't worry he had like a a plus minus of negative 81 when he played so don't pay probably not someone i noticed other than the cuss app um (laughs) so i got to harrisburg pennsylvania as a navy recruiter now i got to go to some hershey bears games in the original hershey park arena and the the thing I remember most about that was those that those seats were at such an angle, the the stacking of the rows, it felt like the person behind you was going to kick you in the back of the head. <laughs> I've, so, I've, I've been to a uh, Hershey Bears game. They were playing the Binghamton Senators at the time. Um, uh, I think they're now the Binghamton Devils, but I, I was at, yeah. I was in Binghamton to watch that game. So I know the Hershey Bears pretty well. Yeah. Now, if I'd have known back then what the Caps Penn series was going to become, I would have booed him. But that's neither <laughs> here nor And oh, I would not be a good Penguins fan if I've not mentioned it's been since like 1974 since the Flyers won the Cup. I just have to put that out there. Got to throw it um, out there. Got to. Um, or 70, whatever it was. It's been 50, almost 50, 40 some years. Yep. So just as a reminder to everybody. So anyway, so I get to Harrisburg and I go to some games here and there. But recruiting duty is a busy job because you're kind of at, you know, you're trying to convince parents to let their sons and daughters join the military. So you're kind of on their schedule. Mm-hmm. So if they say, hey, come see me at a Tuesday night at nine, because that's what their work, their work schedule. Tuesday night at nine, you're at their house. Yep. But uh, then I got got sent back to sea duty and I got down to Kings Bay, Georgia, which is just north of Jacksonville, where I live. It's like 30 minutes north. Matter of fact, i Friends of mine from up there also come to the Iceman games and have season tickets. That's how close it is. And uh, they had the Jacksonville Lizard Kings here. So in some of my wife and I's first dates were Lizard King games. Um, and then we they went away, and then we went out without hockey here in Jacksonville for a bit. And, and Beth kind of mentioned it. She wasn't here for the real rough years. Um, she didn't get here until 2010. But, uh, you know, then we got the Jacksonville Barracudas were, were in the SPHL, and that's where my whiteboard started. So I do this thing at the Iceman Games. I sit down near the visitor's penalty box. That's where my season tickets are. And I bring a whiteboard. And, you know, they can't really hear you in the box, maybe a little bit if you really want to strain your voice. So I write them little love notes. I might remind them that, you know, you know I've seen more hustle and chess. Uh, they're like the Titanic. They look awesome until they hit the ice. Things like that. Maybe a play off their name. And it's all silly. It's all clean. 
because uh, we want kids to come to the games. Um, and we have some fun with that. But that but the Barracudas, it started because they were playing in the Jacksonville Arena, where, where the Iceman play now. And for whatever reason, they were trying to charge the Barracudas a, a crap ton of money to open concession stands that they didn't need. Uh, you know, it was – I'm not going to claim to know the whole thing. I just got bits and pieces. So they went to this little place called Jacksonville Ice Complex, which is where you normally practice, and it only sat about 2,000 people. Mm-hmm. The, the Barracudas couldn't last long. They lasted two years like that. But the penalty box and the benches were all both on the far side of the ice from where the uh, stands were. So I brought – that's where the whiteboard started because – and uh, it just kind of became a thing. And uh, so we get to the Iceman games. I had the – have you ever heard of the player Mitchell Hurd? Mitchell Hurd. Why does that sound familiar? He was a second-round pick for the Avalanche in 2012. And then he was with the Everblades when they lost to Colorado um, Eagles in the East. The last year, the Eagles were in the ECHL. Yes. And uh, he was just an angry, angry little man. I can't I, – I can tell you the story off the air because to tell the story properly, I have to use his language. Ah. Uh. Yes, but but let's put it. He wanted to he wanted to fight me because of my wife. Like, well, him and a guy named Nuber, he's a kind of on off again and off again player in the ECHL. were in the box. So, have you ever seen the movie Ted with uh, yes. Mark Wahlberg that in the Dirty Teddy Bear? Yes, remember Thunder Buddies? Yes. So I wrote on the whiteboard when they when her goes in the box after Nuber was already in there. I was like, does this mean you two are Thunder Buddies for life? <laughs> You would have thought I called his mom a prostitute or something the way he responded. Um, so, you know, just fun stuff like that. And, you know, as Beth was saying, hockey has become pretty prominent here in Jacksonville. We, we were in top five in average attendance in the ECHL every year, not counting COVID. I don't count that. That is – it's Florida and we're the only, we were the only ones open for a while. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's why we got the All-Star game this year. Well, it was supposed to be last year, but – Specifically because we're nuts. I mean, I start off the chant as soon as they finish the goal call. I uh, yell, "Can I get a Ric Flair?" And we all go, "Woo!" And then That's... they, then the rest of the goal chant comes from there, which you know, which Beth mentioned, and started that started over on her side, where they're right behind the uh, goalie that uh, we shoot at twice. And it's become a hockey family here. There have been many nights that me and my wife and Beth and our friends Tiffany and Katie and Gemma and her mom. And we just set out in lot Z in the parking lot for a couple hours after the game. And it started off, we were just waiting for traffic to die down. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of sit out there and chit chat. And we all do things not counting COVID together in the off season, escape rooms, dinners, bowling parties. It's become a hockey family here in Jacksonville. And it's, it's something special that you don't see. I mean, you get it and I see it a little bit in NASCAR because I'm a NASCAR fan too, yeah. but football, baseball, basketball, you don't see that kind of stuff. It's just, yeah. it's, it's a little different. Yeah. I completely understand. Like we have out here in Birmingham, we have an SPHL team, the uh, Birmingham Bulls. And over the, we started <laughs> this team because they used to be ECHL um, up until 2000. Then they disappeared and came back in 2017. And pre-COVID, um, there were a lot of camping out before the games and camping out after the games. And uh-huh. it started a lot, uh, like you said, because there's one way in, one way out um, in Pelham to get to the Bulls game. So 
everybody was initially waiting for traffic to die down but now it's kind of almost i kind of equate it because it's the only way you can make sense around here you kind of equate it to like a college football environment where there's a there's there's tailgating and um it's your way of identifying each other if you see each other like in the store if somebody else is wearing a birmingham bull something you you kind of make that nod and you're like go bulls kick ice um and you, it's the little greeting and it's it's growing and i love hearing that in uh jacksonville like the way beth was talking about it, the way you're talking about it like it's not just a fandom but it's growing into a family and absolutely it's, it's the way you identify with like people you don't even know if you guys are repping the same logo or wearing a vintage sweater it's a topic of conversation and it's a way you connect with other members of the hockey community and hockey family. Absolutely. I mean, one of our friends lost her mom and we were all there for, I lost my dad in January and, you know, they were there for me. And it's just um, like you said, on Saturday games, there's a tailgate before the game Sunday. uh, We have games. Uh, We do have once a year, the school school day game. And uh, we always make sure we have mimosas because the game's at 10 in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I love the school day game because I see these kids, but when they say get loud, those kids get loud. And it's like needles going into your ears because it's all 10 year old high pitched voices. And that's the only downside to it. But I mean, that's the worst thing. And these kids are becoming hockey fans. Then I'm more than happy to deal with it. But and we, uh, uh and one of those and one of those things about that minor league environment, especially, um, a lot of like anybody listening to this that's just a strictly NHL fan and hasn't experienced the minor league environment, they don't understand like player salaries aren't NHL salaries. And there are a lot of these players that, especially like in the COVID um season, they lived in an apartment and like the only outside world they saw was the games. And yes it's they don't have the greatest salaries in the world and for them to not only play the game of hockey and try and climb the ranks making what they do the fans mean a lot and there's a lot more interaction and i mean positive or negative like with your whiteboard in the uh in the penalty box like it means more because the fans mean more in those environments and uh that's something you it kind of gets lost when you get into the big palaces of the NHL that, yeah, the fans are there. It's great to hear them, but the connection you get in the minor league um, hockey games is something you don't get in any other sport. Well, they kind of, this is not a dig at NHL players. I love the NHL. Uh, Mark Andre Furry could come to my yard pee in the front yard while waving at me and I'd say thank you. I love, you know, I love flower. It just is an example, but there's a different connection in, in the in in with those players because of the, that interaction. And even and um you know I would even though I do the whiteboard before the before the game starts too and most of it is to try to get in the heads of the guys a little bit, get them going, whatever the other team. But then I'll go over to our guys and maybe change it up just a little bit to show them how I was dogging them. And they'll get a, maybe a smile or a smirk. And like uh, there was a player we had this year, Jake Elmer, he would always look for the sign this year that he was on. A, he was a, on land from the Rangers because, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't have anybody to play. Ironically, they're, they're our NHL affiliate as of about a month ago. 
and Hartford, of course, in the AHL. So we may get to see Jake again this year. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, and like he saw I bought uh, – we did a Loser Kings night, and I bought uh, one of the jer- – I bought his jersey. Yeah. So he was like – he saw – he tapped us, you know, nice jersey, you know, and he looks for the – looks for the, uh, you know, what whiteboard. It could be something silly. And then one of our players, Pascal Aki, uh, he had this sick uh, – remember Mario's first goal when he's – and his first ever yes. goal when he went through the two players. Yes. Very similar type breakaway like that, where he went through the two players in overtime and just made the goalie look bad. And of course we had a game the next night. And I just went over there. a key that, that goal was so dirty. I had to shower and he started, <laughs> he actually started to laugh. So, you know, you don't get that in the NHL no. uh, because not that these guys aren't focused in the ECHL. They are, and they're professionals. But it's just a whole different level. The stakes are higher in the, you know, those players are making big dollars. The coaches are making big dollars. The team is making big money. So it's a different. There's a more business like atmosphere because there has to be. Yeah, it doesn't mean they don't love the game. It just means this is my job. Yeah. And it's one of those uh, you get a lot in like Birmingham, like it's it's business in NHL, but it's passion and ECHL, SPHL, AHL, and they're going off the passion and especially like SPHL. Cause it's like the feeder to the e- ECHL. Um, mm-hmm. If like in the crowd, um, I sit with a, like we have section one Oh eight. It's uh, it's like the loudest section in the arena and whatever. And a lot of guys will call out stuff that um, the players will post on Instagram, whether it's about their new puppy or something that's going on they'll reference that and for those players to know that hey these people care enough to like follow the socials and like it gives them that that like okay this does matter these guys do care and that little pump of the tires for those guys it goes a long way and when they're called out by name and not just by number like it matters and it makes like it makes their journey feel more validated and they feel vindicated on this road and it really pumps them up. And it's one of those relationships that they pay it back to you. They go looking for the guy with the whiteboard. Like it's those little things that you do in those minor league environments that really stand up to the players and they replicate um, and reciprocate um, that connection right back at you. And it's, it's, it's an amazing thing. I'm hoping even though, though that we're a Delta variant hotspot here in Jacksonville right now, I'm hoping we can have some more time with the players. If we can't, I get it. I'd rather have, if I have to give up time with the players to be able to still go to the games, more than happy to do that. I get it. We, you know, if they all get sick, we can't have the games. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and I know like these, you don't see it as much at, like in the NHL, but the, the minor league players, are all about giving back to the community and the the things that they get to do i hope that this round two that we're going through gets to calm down before the season starts because i think sphl starts in october if everything goes um and i would like to see more of that community involvement because it means a lot and like the bulls they um spend a lot of time with like the like the kids that are growing up through the because their arena is right next door so they'll spend uh-huh. time like tutoring those kids and those connections mean a lot to growing the game not just in birmingham alabama but jacksonville 
like the next group of players coming through. It Absolutely. means a lot. Well, like here in Jacksonville, we have a guy, he played here for the first three seasons, Dejon Mingo. I don't know if you've heard the name or not, but, but uh, he, uh, he developed he, his now, I think fiance is from here. He met her here and he was going to play for Norfolk last season. And then they of course didn't play. So he was at some of the games and sat near us and, you know, he, of course, he had been here three years. He knew most of us by at least face. Yeah. And, um, but he ran a hockey camp. He's been running a peewee hockey camp. And those kids, as part of in-between periods, would come out and play a little couple-minute game. And, you know, he'd be on the ice just coaching them up a little bit. But, he, yeah, he's been running a hockey camp here now for about a year, you know. And that's awesome because that's, that's coaching that it's hard to find here in Jacksonville because – other than Ron Duguay, there are not a whole lot of retired hockey players. Yeah, yeah. And we, um, in Alabama, we have Nick Dowd. He was born and raised in Huntsville, and he's made his way all the way to the Washington Capitals. Um, yeah, I remember Nick. I remember Nick. And when you look it up, like, Nick is the first player from the state of Alabama to play in the NHL since 1932. Oh, wow. And for – a state that's really trying to find its footing with the game of hockey for Nick to kind of be that, uh, that flag bearer that, Hey, we're not just, uh, we're not, we have more than Talladega and Alabama and Auburn that there is hockey (laughs) that could, that could come from this state. Um, it it's motivating. Like you should see like the youth hockey scene in Birmingham compared to 10 years ago. It's, it's almost tripled and it's incredible to see. And it all comes back to those minor league teams. Like the Huntsville Havoc have been um, a dominating force for a long time. They have a really great setup and atmosphere. Huntsville and North Alabama, uh, uh, University of uh, Alabama Huntsville produced Cam Talbot. And he's the goalie oh, yeah. for the Minnesota Wild. So like seeing these little hotspots like Jacksonville and Greenville and producing hockey um it'll pay dividends in the future in the nhl and it's it's really good to see i 100 agree i just people that if you don't understand hockey you don't know how awesome hockey really is because i mean i always tell people to become a hockey fan you have to go to a game and you have to go with someone that understands it because otherwise it looks like chaos. And it is kind of chaos, but there is but there is a method to the madness. Mm-hmm. Like people don't understand cycling the puck in the corner. They're like, what are they doing? Well, here's why they're doing that. They're trying to wear out the defense and find a note, you know, and they can swap people in and out. Yeah. And then they, it, you literally see the ball over the head. Bing! And then they understand it makes a little more sense. Of course, it's easy to understand the basic, you know, if our team puts the puck in the net, that's good. The other team bad, but there's so much more to it and things happen. So, you know, you can't get up and go to the bathroom in a hockey game. No, no, but you can in a football game or a baseball game, (laughs) plenty of breaks that's available for that. So yeah, baseball is pretty much a break. (laughs) Yes. Baseball is great. If you go to the game and you want to socialize or, have a business meeting. <laughs> yeah. It's 
the the roar of the crowd is usually conversations in a baseball game. Yes. Um, yeah, Absolutely. The, and it's hard to take your eyes off the action of the game of hockey. And I I love that point of like it's one thing to understand the basics of hockey and watch it being played, but then another to understand exactly what they're doing and why they're doing it. Um, that's one of the things I love the most is like watching a game and I watch maybe the guy with the puck maybe half the time. I'm watching everything else set up and the communication between the goalie and defense and how they're setting up and trying to advance the play. Um, just the, the psychology behind the game is just absolutely fascinating at the speed they play. I mean, it's, it's an incredible sport, and I completely agree with your point of if you want to be a hockey fan, you have to go to a hockey game. Um, Can, it, this HD has been a boon for hockey. Yeah. You know, we don't have to worry about the goal, the glowing puck anymore that Fox had. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's hard to follow the puck on TV, yeah. especially before HD came along. And I understood why you couldn't be – I mean, you can watch a football game on TV and get the gist of the game even before HD. Hockey, you, you miss all that because you have the boards and the, the camera can only do so much. If the puck is up against the board or on the side of the camera, you can't see what the puck's doing. Yep. I mean, it's it, – When people used to tell me that, they, whenever they would complain, like, well, I can't follow the puck on TV, but yet they will watch, like, the Masters. And, like, if you've ever watched, like, a golf tournament, you, <laughs> you get to see the ball when it's on the tee, and then when they shoot it into the sky, you just see sky, and then you see it drop. And, like, you lose the ball – well, you're watching golf as well, but yet you'll watch golf. You, and you can see it once they putt. Yes. But, yeah, you can't, you can't see the drive. You can't see the chip shot very well. Yep. Um, it's just, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's each a, their own. I'm not someone that makes, you know, I like, you know, the sport, other than football, the sports I like, hockey and NASCAR, people make fun of a lot because they don't understand it. Exactly. And I, I, I'm a NASCAR fan as well. And you can, there's a lot of, the same mentality of you could see what they're doing, but once you understand what they're doing, you can appreciate it on such a different level. Right. It just, I'm sure you've heard this too. Oh, they're just going fast and turning left and they're just skating fast and slapping the puck really hard. Well, no, it's way more than that, but okay. It's tweaking um, your car against 39 to 42 other cars that are built the exact same way it's getting that tiny little bit out of each gear yeah. and that little bit out of each tire it's the same thing out of hockey it's that little bit of an advantage countering yep it's it's you have a vulcanized piece of rubber that you're trying to put in a net the most basic thing on the planet but yet you're winning the game one nothing three two like, why can't you do that more? Well, it's the tiny little things you do in the game that get you that little bit of an advantage where you can win the game or the race. Absolutely. And it just – all I can – all that you and I can do is try to get people to enjoy it. And, you know, I, I – as my quote-unquote job now that I'm retired from the military is I drive ride share. Mm -hmm. I wear my Iceman stuff all the time. I tell them that for 15 bucks, you can't beat the three hours of entertainment. Yep. I, I don't even work for the Iceman. I get no money from them. I'm just a happy season ticket holder that wants to see 
more people. I'm, I'm 50. I want to be able to hobble my old behind down to my seats at 70. And I've actually, but I, I gave a ride to this lady and she goes, I've never been to a hockey game, but our neighbors go all the time. And, you know, I'll see if I can go. And I said, well, if you see the dude with the whiteboard, you can't miss me. Yeah. Feel free to say hi. Turns out the season ticket holders sit four rows behind us that we see every game. And we saw, and I saw her there. How so that, I mean, that was pretty cool. So, you know, it's just it, a small world and it was good that someone, I know for sure at least one person came because I got them to come. I mean, they had other people trying to influence them as well, but. And being a hockey fan in the South, the easiest way to get someone to go to a hockey game, they will spend 75 to a hundred dollars to go in Alabama or an Auburn football game and sweat and be miserable for three and a half hours you can spend 15 dollars and be in a nice cool climate controlled environment where you're not getting rained on you're not the sun's not beating down on you 15 dollars, you have the time of your life yep absolutely and it's you can't it's hard to beat that for your entertainment dollar oh yeah absolutely it's and it's incredible and it's an incredible game and the more you watch the more you understand and if the game doesn't strike you the fans will because it's a fan base like if you're on the same team they will help you understand okay i I like to say this about about both hockey and nascar there are no strangers at a hockey game or a nascar race just friends you haven't met yet yep yep and it's and it hockey it's kind of a blessing and a curse that it's kind of that um lesser known and lesser appreciated sport because if you see someone walking around with a lakers shirt on you just think it's trendy if you see somebody with a Yankees hat on, you think it's just a look. If you see somebody with a uh, New York Rangers hat or shirt, you're like, okay, these guys, they they're a fan. They're a fan. And you could talk to them about it. If you see somebody with like a Red Sox hat on and you try and talk to them about Red Sox baseball, they're not going to, a lot of the time they're just wearing it because they think it's cool or they see other people that are wearing it. Yep. If you see somebody wearing like a San Jose Sharks shirt, First, you feel sorry for them, and then you start talking to them about <laughs> hockey. <laughs> yep, yep. <clears throat> I know. I'll even talk to Flyers fans. Yeah. Now, the first thing I say to them is "boo," <laughs> but and they'll say, "You must be a Pens fan, huh?" Yep. And we okay. might talk and crash to each other, but in the grand scheme of things, we're still talking hockey. It's uh, I'll tell this story. It's fine. It's the podcast. Nobody's going to hear it, but um. <laughs> being here in Alabama, being a huge Colorado Avalanche fan, there was one day I was driving down the road and there was a guy that um something happened with his truck and he like went off and like drove into the ditch. Um I watched it happen. I saw him get out of his truck and he starts walking towards me. I'm at a red light and he's wearing a Detroit Red Wings shirt. <laughs> so I <laughs> I, I I sit there and I'm torn. What do I do? <laughs> so he comes up and like, I roll my window down and he's like, Hey bud. Um, he's like, do you happen to have a cell phone? I was like, yeah. He's like, can you call somebody? I was like, first go abs, go hold on. And he's like, you're kidding me. He's like, I can't escape you people. <laughs> nice i I then i then call some help and we get them situated but yeah that's uh 
it's one of those things you see the shirts you see the logos um it's you recognize the rivalries and the fan bases but i mean we're all kind of friends in the end because we all support the same thing absolutely absolutely i mean can't put it in better way that's why you have by the way that's why you heard of mitchell heard because he was a draft pick for you guys back in 2012 yep, yep. i may or may not have told him he was a draft bust but that's neither here. Let me put it this way. Just to give you an idea how much I went to troll him because of the things that he said, which I, like I said, I can share with you off the, just, he was very rude. Yeah. He brought my wife into it. Oh yeah. That's so, but so I went out and bought a $10 Colorado avalanche t-shirt, just the red with just the logo on the front. And I went to a t-shirt shop, got a number zero put on it. So it looked like a sweater and put herd and the nameplate. Oh, oh, he was so mad. <laughs> oh, I could imagine. Oh, that's incredible. Oh, that's and see, this is what you get in hockey right here. This is this is this is what it's all about right here. Uh, yep. And, and so you've we talked about your minor, uh, and you're are you still a penguins fan? Oh penguins born, penguins bred. When I die, I'll be penguins dead. I hear you there, brother. Uh, that's Almost got Flurry back, but he decided. I was hoping. See, and what well, ironically, Beth and I have been talking about it, and she's so happy to get math. Yeah, she's so happy. So, like, well, I, I even told her. She goes, "Why do you Pens fans love him so much?" I'm like, "Because he's Flower." Yeah. I said, "So you are you familiar with the Golden Triangle in Pittsburgh?" Yeah. So you know that where that fountain is, and that's why they have the Golden Triangle on their logo because yep. that's called the Golden Triangle where the confluence happens. I mean, Mark Andre Fleury could look, and I said this about, I, this is what I said to Beth. I said he could go down to that fountain, pee in it, wave to the cameras, and they would erect a statue for him doing that. Yep. Because he's just he's that loved in Pittsburgh. When he came back that first time with the Golden Knights, he got such. They go to that first TV timeout, and that's when the pens, when a player comes back like of that stature, they will do a highlight video and. Say, hey, Mark Andre Fleury's back, blah, blah, blah. And uh, that crowd just kept going. They, they, were, they came back to the game and they had to hold up because the crowd was still going, Fleury, Fleury, yeah. Fleury. And Flower, he was crying. I mean, you could see he didn't take his mask off, but you could see him shaking his head, trying to. So it just, I love being part of that as a, as a Penguins fan. It just, when you do well by the city, they treat you right. I mean, well, I I will I will pose this question to you because I always like to get the opinions and ideas and from different fan bases. What is Pittsburgh planning on doing AC, which is after Crosby? Uh, I don't even know, man. We've been so fortunate from Mario to Yager. And then, you know, we got Francis and Mullen and Kevin Stevens. Oh, we had Alexi Kovalev and he didn't even have his best years with us. He yeah. had his best years out in Vancouver. Um, you know, and then, you know, the, the dead years of Morozov and all these no names that I can't even remember. And then, you know, then they draft Sid. Well, they drafted Flower first. Mm-hmm. I believe he was 03. And then we got Sid after the lockout. And then we got Gino with a number two pick. I mean, we've been so fortunate that 
no matter what they do, it's hard to be upset with them. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm still ha- I'm still coming to grips with the fact that Hextall is our GM. Yeah, that's you thing. know, but you know, it's it's hard to say what they're going to do because I, I think the way Sid takes care of himself, he's probably got three or four more good years. I mean, he won't be what he was, but he'll still be better than 85% of the people in the league and people get mad. And, you know, they call him like a friend of mine that I served with in the Navy. He's a big capitals fan. Well, he was a red wings fan, but then he, he works for John Hopkins university university now and his kid got into hockey. So became a caps fan with his kid. I get that. I mean, I give him grief about it because it's the caps and we served together and we don't have feelings anymore, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, we, uh, you know, so it's just a matter of fact, you know, that uh, anyway, I lost my train of thought. I apologize. It's, no, it's, <laughs> it's one of those I've always wondered, does Pittsburgh go back and try and find more magic in the well and fix their, because Crosby, he's coming towards the end of the career. Um do they go back and try and find magic in the draft or do they go after a free agent to they got no picks left yeah they i mean, I mean they might now they might have finally got rid through what rutherford did which rutherford got him to, you know they were the first one back-to-back stanley cups in the salary cap era yeah so it's hard to be too upset with rutherford but at the same time the well's dry the well is very very dry and i I would hate, like, even though, you know, towards the end, I got very, like, jaded towards the Pittsburgh Penguins, but, like, no, no hate, no nothing. I just got sick of seeing them there, sick of them being good. But then I kind of don't want them to go away. So, like, I don't want to see them end up like Detroit did. Yeah, that was such a fall from grace, like Detroit and New Jersey as well. Like, they were and dallas like once you hit that that consistent and i i have a terrible feeling the abs will experience that again once we're done with the landis and nathan mckinnon and miko rantanen years that how far do we fall in the basement like i just wonder where do pittsburgh penguins fan like look um look forward to i guess is the best way well i mean it's just going to be a matter of having to have that downtime hopefully getting the first overall pick again or, you know, a top five pick and hitting with it. Yeah. That, that one player to build around. And then you start getting the finding smart, play. you know, because Chris Letang wasn't a first round pick. No, he was what second or third round. I think, I think, you know, third round pick Brian Rust, fourth round pick. You know, you've to build a good team in the NHL. You have to strike. I don't want to say strike gold, but you have to hit on the majority of your draft picks. Yeah. And you got to have them. You got to have them. You got to have them to hit on them first, <laughs> of course. But, you know, so yeah. I'm sure the, the fall off the cliff is coming. See, I thought we could have won the cup this year. But Jari, I'll I, I, I tell you this. I said this to my wife. When he made that bonehead play where he threw the puck right to the guy in overtime in was that game one, I think it was, of this Islander series. Yeah, it was either one or two. One. Yeah, it was early. It was one or two. Series. I'm like, for one, first I 
before he asked, like, Jari's going to throw this game. Something's going, he's going to, because he not, he, all the goals he gave up were soft. He just was not on his game. And I said, he's, he's going to be the reason we lose this game. And then that happened about 10 minutes later. And I was like, this series is over. We can't beat them with this goaltending. And that's, that's stunk was Jeff Carter was a good get. Yeah. yeah. He was playing well. He fit in great. And Matt, and Matt Murray's not doing bad in Ottawa. He wasn't doing well here either. No. That's, so I don't know. The Pens just fired a goaltending coach and hired – they fired Buckley here recently and hired another guy, Chioda, C-H-I-O-D-A or something like that. Oh, yeah, okay. That's same last name as a WWE referee. <laughs> Similar, yes. Similar. Yeah. And I am a WWE fan as well and an AEW fan. I like all the off sports. And I, people tell me, oh, you know, wrestling's fake. I'm like, oh, do you like uh, the Marvel movies? Yeah. So where's Captain America right now? What's he doing? <laughs> they get mad. It, yes, it's fake. Yes, it's scripted. So is – I'm about to watch Suicide Squad. By the way, it's available now already. Thank you for HBO letting me Mount. know. It just it came up a day early. Um, but that's not real. But yet yeah. I still enjoy it. So, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> too sweet my brother too sweet i am an AEW <laughs> guy um so yeah that's and you know what before we wrap this whole thing up i want to thank you so much for coming on and like the conversation i love talking minor league hockey and like thank you for giving me like the perspective of everything in jacksonville and some insight on what the penguins will be doing because i'm looking at you guys prepping for what the avalanche could be doing because we're right on the verge of winning a cup and you are and i'm not just i like i would like to appreciate it in the moment but i'm an avalanche fan i've been through the highs back in the 90s and early 2000s i've been through the lows we're back on a high and i would like to better prepare for what's to come on the back end of this so all you can do is know it's coming and then when it happens just be like Ah, you know, we won the cup here and there, or you know, had other good years. It's it's it. Sports is cyclical, yeah. It, especially with with leagues that have the have a salary cap of some sort. So that's why baseball it's only three or four teams. Yeah, but and, you know, and one of my favorite players, my favorite player of all time to not wear the burgundy and blue is Yarmy Auger. Um, he was he's old. still playing overseas. I, I know. And, 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 Whatever his country's called now, I know it's not called Czechoslovakia anymore, but he's still playing and doing pretty well. Every year when that uh, report comes out that Yager is still playing, like I always take that article and mention the Avs on Twitter and say, hey, sign this guy. There is nothing more that I want in this world is Yager Yager Colorado Avalanche jersey. I would be <laughs> the happiest man on earth but there are a group of fans that follow him there's only like 10 or 15 of them but like when he was he was last with the flyers i think here in the nhl i think was it the flyers and there was a pens flyers game and they showed him coming out they brought there was about 10 of them they brought them all down after into the lot by the out right outside the locker room after the game and they came out and talked to him Wow. And they all, you know, there was the the Florida Panthers, Yager jersey, the Capitals, the Penguins, 
uh, a Rangers one. I can't. There was some of them had a couple of the same on, but yeah. So he's got his own little cult. Yeah, and I would. I'm telling you, he is. Uh, I would kill for that mullet. I would. <laughs> I know, right. <laughs> I one of the best mullets in the world, but yeah, he's he was always one of my favorites. So um, it's always good to talk to a Penguins fan and get the opinions and the stories. And Michael, you've been an absolute treasure to have on the show and it's been an absolute oh, honor to fun. have you thank on. you for having me i appreciate it it's fun to talk hockey hey anytime hey you are a permanent resident here in puckburg anytime you want to come on and talk hockey the door is always open my friend awesome would love to how can uh people find you or uh what you're involved in these days uh honestly the big thing i'm doing is uh i just i'm big in trying to help people find their pets on facebook <laughs> Um, hey. I, I, cause I have two dogs and three cats, uh, and all of them are rescue. Uh, so, and you know, I donate to the humane society and stuff like that, whether it be like when my dad passed in January, he had all these sheets that we couldn't use. So I took them to the humane society so they could use them for the pet, the, the dogs and cats, stuff like that. Um, and honestly, I just, if you, I, I, I'm on the ECHL dashboard, but I never post. I just like watching people berate each other i find it funny um well i mean i tend to like dogs more than most people so uh when people make fun of each other it, it amuses me because to me see on submarines all we did was make fun of each other of course and there was and there was no you know nothing was off limits yeah on a submarine but so i'm like these guys they get up some of these people get butt hurt i'm like oh come on <laughs> make fun of your dog who cares the dog doesn't care. They can't hear it. The dog's feelings aren't going to get hurt. Yeah. And I love dogs, but they don't, they can't understand if you call your dog ugly. They don't yeah. understand. <laughs> oh, man. That's trust me. And one of my first jobs I had when I uh, just got into the workforce, I worked at an animal clinic. So uh, nice. Yeah. Dogs and cats near and dear to my heart. Love them to death. And it's a good thing that you're out there helping people find their lost animals. That's uh, like, all heroes don't wear capes and you my friend i wouldn't say i'm a hero but thank you hey, <laughs> i'm just hey a lot of a lot of finding um your furry family member um i think that's a that's a pretty big pretty big deal so i appreciate you going out there and doing that as well but michael thank you again for coming on it's oh, been thank you for having me this has been fun you have been you have been an absolute treat and i appreciate it and if this is anybody's first time finding here in Puckburg, you can find us on Twitter at HPuckburg, on Instagram, here underscore in underscore Puckburg. We have a Facebook. And if you would like to come on and give your own puck tale, you can email the show at here in Puckburg podcast at bellyupsports.com. So again, Michael, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. And everyone else, thank you for stopping by here in Puckburg. <laughs>